Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Matthew chapter 24. My God, this is probably one of my, it's going to set you free. We're continuing our series. Matthew 24 verse 3. I want everyone to get your tablets. I want you to get your, um, I want you to get your uh, Bibles. I want you to get your iPad. Uh, I'll get you out no later than 11.30, 11.35, the latest. We're not going to have an altar call today. We're going to pray uh, because we want to spend time with you outside. And everyone said that we brought some soccer balls and everything, and we're going to have some pizza there. Matthew 24, verse 3 says this. If you're there, say amen. This is probably one of the most important messages I'll ever preach. I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to say that right now again for those of you who don't understand what the significance of this. This is probably one of the most important messages I will ever preach to the body of Christ because it happens all the time. Are you ready? Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, now, if you have studied the Bible a lot, you know that Matthew 24 is, is more end-time eschatology or end-time scripture, and it is. But I want you to notice something as we talk about freedom and healing. Now, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when all these things will be, and when will be the sign of your coming. You follow me. And, at the, and when will be the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and, he, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Hear me. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom will rise against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. I know some of you guys are tuning me out like, oh my God, what is he going to talk about today? They will... These are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and be hated by, you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. This is talking about the end times. Now look what's tucked away in verse 10 of this end time scripture. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. I'm going to say that again. And then many will be offended. Say offended will hate one another, and will betray one another. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, verse 12, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. I want you to look up at me. When we think of end times, we think of the moon turning into blood. We think of the Antichrist. We think of nation rising against nation. We think of wars and rumors of wars. And we need to think of those things. And we need to be prepared for those things because they're coming. But when we think of end times, most of the times when we think of end times, we think of those things that I had said. But we don't think of the word and the reality of offense being a reality in the last days. Because tucked away in verse 10, Jesus says, one of the signs of the last days, hear me now, one of the signs of God's return to the earth is that there will be a spirit of offense and seeds of offense being released by the kingdom of darkness to God's people. It got quiet up in here. 
There's reality of seeds of offense that will turn into bitterness that will enslave people from walking with God because one of the most stealth realities of bondage out there today is the reality of, of being, picking up the seed of offense and it will destroy your life. You have to understand something so powerfully here because the alarming reality about this scripture is this. Is that in verse 12, the Bible says the love of many will grow cold. Now we talked about this type of love about a month and a half ago when we were talking about our identity. And this type of love, if you break it down in the Greek when, it said, when Jesus said the love of many will grow cold. If you look it up, the word love in the Greek in this verse, it means agape, which means is the unconditional love of God. It is the, the, the listen, it's the love of God that has been dispersed to Christians, the ones that has no strings attached and the purest form of love. That's the word love in Matthew 24. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying in the last days the agape of many believers will grow cold because of the seed of offense in their heart. The love that they have for God and the love that they have for each other will begin to grow cold. Not because they bumped their head or they had an accident or because some things happened. It's because they picked up an offense. I'm going to say something really powerful. Offense, sorry, offense is an incident. Being offended is a decision. Offense is a decision. Being offended is a decision and it becomes a lifestyle. And you have to realize that offense is a slow death process. Friends have stopped talking to each other because of offense. Families have stopped talking to each other because of offense. Marriages are destroyed because of offense. And callings are ruined because of the seed of offense. I'm preaching good this morning. I'm telling you, I'm zealous to get you free because offense in the in this last days is running rampant and it's destroying families and it's destroying your walk with God because you're choosing to hold on to something that happened and you picked up an incident and made a decision about that incident and it's ruining your life. And I'm here to tell you, the spirit of offense and the seed of offense, it will never let you go. You have to let it go. The spirit of offense is to say, I have you now for 20 years. I think it's about time to let you go. No, it will never let you go. And I have so much to say about this because I want you to realize this. Zach, put this up on the screen, the first point I want to make. How we respond to offense. I feel the Holy Spirit here. How we respond to offense will determine the future condition of our heart spiritually and emotionally. Hear me, church, because I love you. I'm your pastor, I want to set you free from this. Some of you don't have demons. Some of you are not oppressed by demonic uh, spirits. Some of you are not addicted to, to all this stuff like we've talked about before. But some of you, you love God, but you have picked up a seed of offense from a church, from a pastor, from a family member, from a friend, from, from neglect. And you may act like you have it all together, but your response... To offense, an incident of offense, will determine the future condition of your heart and your mind. I believe 
that the reason why many people are offended is because we don't have vision for our freedom in, in five years from now. We're only focused on right now, but we don't realize that our heart five years from now is going to be destroyed if we don't deal with this right now. My God. And, and, and here, here's the thing. The opportunity to yield to offense, I want all eyes on me, the opportunity to yield to offense will always present itself to you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it is impossible for you to live your life without the opportunity to get offended. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus Christ, our Lord, actually said in his word, and we're gonna, I'm going to show it to you right now, that it's absolutely impossible to live your entire life without the opportunity to get offended. But the opportunity itself is not being offended. It's the opportunity. I want you to look at Luke 17. Luke 17, look what it says here in Luke 17 verse 1. I'm not sure if it's going to be on my, on my monitor here or not. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Then he said to his disciples, isn't this cool? I get to look at my monitor right now. It is impossible. Say impossible. It's impossible that no offense should come. Jesus said it's impossible that you will live your life. See, this is going to solve a lot of your issues right now. Because you're like, oh, this is normal. Okay. It's impossible that no offense will come. But woe to him through whom they do come. So look at me. So the question to ask, my friends, is not will offense come my way one day? Do I have to expect offense? No. The question to ask then is when offenses come, how will I respond? Because... If you don't respond right, according to the word of God, when an incident happens that brings offense, your future heart and your future mind will be affected because of one incident that something did, someone did to you that has caused bitterness. And it's, it's about this. How you respond to offense will determine the future condition of your heart. My question to you is this. Offense will come to you probably every day to some of you. How you choose to respond to it will show if you're in the word of God or not. Because Jesus said it's impossible for offense to come. I've seen more people backslide because of offense than any other reason. There's, there's two main reasons for backsliding from church people, from those who love the Lord. Because the world is attracting them or they have ungodly relationships in their life. They have ungodly uh, boyfriends or girlfriends, whatever it is. And they're pulling them back to the world or the worldly desires bringing them back. Or... They got offended by a church or they got offended by some pastor or they got offended by what God didn't do and they were expecting God to do something. And they left the church and they left God altogether. There's more people backsliding because of offense than almost anything I've ever seen. I know I'm preaching good because some of you guys are like, <laughs> look, <laughs> look at this. This is so powerful. I want you to put this on the screen, Zach. Point number two. Offense is really a trap, say a trap, that will keep you enclosed behind the emotional and mental walls that you've built. I want to call offense like it really is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna put this even further to you today. Offense is not just a feeling. It's actually a trap. Say a trap. I'm going to read that again. It's up on your screen. Offense is a trap that will keep you enclosed behind the emotional and mental walls you have built. Do you want to know something? Buckle your seatbelts now. The Greek word 
of the, uh, of the word offended in Matthew 24. Do you know what the Greek word means, guys? If you don't know, I'm going to tell you. The Greek word has two Greek words in it. It's scandalizo or scandalon, okay, with an S and a K. That word scandalon or scandalizo, you know what it means? Are you ready? If you're taking notes, it means a trap that is hidden and camouflaged on the ground. A trap like a, a string with a stick on it that is camouflaged. And I want to read the last part. It's a trap that is uh, camouflaged or hidden. And then it says, or any impediment placed in the way to cause someone to stumble or fall. You know why it's quiet? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Any impediment. Say any impediment. Any impediment that causes you to stumble or fall. So when Jesus said... In the last day, many will be offended at each other. That word offended is there's going to be traps set up by the enemy that is going to cause you to trip up and fall and not go in the way of the Lord anymore. Look at me for a second. Why this is, this, is this important? Because a true trap is not effective unless it's camouflaged. Now, nobody looks at a trap and say, wow, look at that trap. Ah! No, nobody walks willingly into a trap. The way that the devil makes offense really powerful is because he camouflages it by all the wrong, by making you focus on all the wrong that was done to you instead of realizing the true effect of uh, what's happening in your heart. That's how he camouflages this offense. He camouflages the trap so that when injustice comes to you or hurt comes to you, he camouflages the true reality of what's really going on by making you focus on all the wrong of, of, that was done to you and not seeing the true purpose of what's happening in your heart. Do you realize that you cannot have an effective trap unless it's hidden, unless it's camouflaged? Do you realize that the definition for offense means hidden or camouflaged trap? I'm here to announce boldly that if you've been offended and you said yes to offense, there's hope for you. However, you've been caught in a trap. All the while, you are blaming everybody else, and you can't get out of that because an effective trap is camouflaged. Now, watch me. I want you to look at me for a second. The most painful reality about this is that the, uh, the trap doesn't necessarily kill you on the spot. I would rather get killed right on the spot than have that slow death. The real torturous thing about a trap, especially a fence in the spiritual realm, is that it Stops your progress while you're stuck in pain. It stops your progress. If you've ever seen an animal get caught by a trap, it cannot move and it's writhing in pain. The, the, one of the things that the enemy uses is that when a fence comes your way, oh, watch this, it will stop your progression in God while you're stuck in pain. Everybody else is growing, and they're passing you by in the Lord, and they're maturing, and you're still stuck five years the same way, and you haven't grown in the Lord, and you haven't forgiven, and you haven't been, been, been fruitful, and you haven't been vibrant in your heart because you're stuck by the trap of offense. The most torturous part of offense is that it stops your movement in God. It stops your progression in God because of the fact that it's building walls. Look at what Proverbs 18 says. One of my favorites in the NLT. It's going to be up on your screens. If you have NLT, look it up there. If not, it's going to be on the screen. Look at what the Bible says when it comes to 
offense. Proverbs 18, verse 19. Are you getting anything this morning? Is God speaking to us this morning? When I speak to you, don't, don't buck the word of God in your heart. Don't say, well, that's not for me. No, I want you to receive it because the enemy wants to, remove, wants to keep this trap, but the, but the Lord wants to expose the camouflage that's been, that you've been doing to, to say all the injustices that happened to you and not realize that you're in bondage. If all you do is blame other people for your hurt, that's a trap. Some time or the other, you have to remove that trap, release that person so that the trap won't get a hold of you anymore. And can I just say this? This is not even my notes. Dead men don't get offended. Only alive people get offended. I'm not talking about alive in Christ. We need to be alive in Christ. But when you're dead, here's something that I want to share with you by the Holy Spirit. When we are constantly giving in to offense, what we're really saying is that we value people's opinions more than God. Because their, their words are bringing offense to us, and we keep saying, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. No, but they're offending me. And I, you know, I, can't, I said this before, but I said it again. I can't stand when people say, they're just making me feel this way. They're not making you feel anyway. You know, you know husbands and wives, they're, they're elbowing each other right now as I'm talking. You make me angry. I can't make anybody angry. I could be a tool that could trigger anger to you, but I can't make you angry. Just the same as offense. Offense will always be there. But you have a choice to say, I'm not going to give in to this, and I'm not going to let that dictate my identity. Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 19, NLT. Ready? Are you ready? An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments. Woo! Arguments. Separate friends like a gate locked with bars. An offended friend is harder to win back. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. And arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Have you guys ever been to prison? I mean, wait, that, that sounded wrong. <laughs> Some of you are, yeah, I just got, out, <laughs> just got out last week, bro. No, that's not what I meant. Have you, have you guys, they're like, yeah. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not asking you to boast about that. Have you ever visited somebody in prison? You know how hurtful that is? You could talk to them, but you can't feel them, you can't touch them. The Bible says when you're offended, it separates friends and families like the bars of a gate. In other words, you could see them and they could see you, but the intimacy is lost. And you only could touch through a glass. And you're like, I, re I wish I could touch them. But you can't because a glass and a bar uh, is, is in the way. Offense will divide your family and your friends like anything else. That's why I'm so passionate about this because I am tired of seeing offense rip the family of God apart. I'm telling you, it's time to start realizing that the offenses that we've picked up are damaging us more than the actual offense did. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, do you know what a fortified castle was in those days? You know what a fortified, a fortified um, city was in those days? It was a uh, military defense that, was, uh, that uh, had big, thick walls built all around the city so that nobody could get in. All the enemies that threatened them could get in. But here's the problem. 
No one could get in, but no one could get out either. So when Jesus said, when the Bible says a, a friend offended is harder to win back than a fortified city, what he's saying is when a person is offended, they will subliminally begin to build walls of emotional and spiritual walls all around them, and they'll become so isolated that no one could get in, but they're trapped within the walls of their own prison. They begin to build walls, a fortified city. You begin to be hardened by offense. And offense will always, always, always convince you that you're right and you're never going to be, be wrong. And here's the thing. Offended people will convince themselves that they're right and they begin to develop a spirit of criticalness all in the name of being discernful. In other words, they'll, they'll convince themselves that their criticalness is actually being discernment. I just have discernment. You know, that pastor really doesn't love people. You know, that, that church really doesn't do anything. I'm just discerning in my spirit. They really don't have a prayer life. You're just, getting, you're just being critical because of an offense. Thank you for that one wow. Amen. <laughs> Say walls. Now watch this. People who are offended will begin to build walls in their hearts and in their minds. Watch this. And it will block and stop the blessing that God wants to give to you, watch this, through other people. Do you know that nine times out of ten, the blessings from God, I have news for you, he uses other people. Think about your job promotion. He used your boss to say you have a promotion. Think about someone giving you a, a, a gift card to somebody to bless you. Think about a pastor, uh, uh, you allowing a, a leader or, or a woman of God to speak into your life. God uses people to bring things to you and to bless you. When you have a seed of offense that has been undealt with, you will, not, you will block yourselves from receiving from the very source that he wants to give it to you, which is people. Last time I checked, there was no money hanging out in the tree in my backyard. He uses people. And if you're offended with people, you won't receive from people. If you're offended at pastors, you won't receive pastors. Here's the thing. If you've ever been offended by a pastor, you need to get that really resolved quick because every other pastor that you are under, you will have offense towards him subliminally, and you won't be able to receive from them. I have news for you. Offense is not a location problem. It's a heart problem. See, people that have offense, they think that they can get rid of their offense by moving from that church and going to another one. I'm preaching good, Donnie. Because you, you church hop and you say, I, I can't stand anymore. Instead of dealing with the offense because it's too hurtful, they'll get up and they'll go to another church. And everything will be like a honeymoon for the first six or nine months. And all of a sudden, they'll pick up something that the pastor didn't do or the leadership didn't do. And they'll develop an offense about that. Listen, it's not a location problem. It's a heart problem. It's the same with lust. It's the same with anger. It's the same. If you have lust in America and you move to Africa, you're still going to have lust in Africa. <laughs> if you have anger issues in Florida and you want to move to California to get away from the drama, you're going to have anger issues in California. You know why? Because it's not a location problem. Offense is a heart problem. Can I say something even deeper? It reveals our spiritual maturity. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I am telling you that if we're so easily picking up offense after offense after offense, it is showing us an example of our spiritual maturity. And it's what I call, watch this, a closed heaven reality. Say closed heaven. Closed 
There will be a closed heaven reality in your life if you don't deal with offense. In your marriage, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In your marriage, that's why I'm going to say it again. You, those of you who want me to move on from that. In your marriage, in your friendship, in your community, in your, in your uh, uh, family affairs, in your relationships. Watch this. I'm trying to set you free. That's why I'm preaching, preaching passionately. If you don't deal with it, you'll have a closed heaven reality. What's a closed heaven? That means everywhere you go, you will sit down in church and you'll, you'll buy this lie. I'm no longer getting fed here. I understand this real situation that you're no longer getting fed. I understand that. But a lot of times when we're offended, we will have a closed heaven for anything. So you'll sit in front of, you'll sit in a service and you'll not get anything when the word of God is touching everybody else. Because there's a closed heaven over your life. I remember John Bevere years ago changed my life with a book called The Snare of Satan. The Bait of Satan, sorry. And, and, and he said something years ago that he said that one time he had a, a, a thought that he, came, he did to a pastor. And he said, look, I want to have small groups in this church. It was a big mega church. And, and the pastor in the parking lot just said, kind of quickly said yes, but he didn't really think about it. Well, two weeks later, that same pastor had a board meeting with all the leaders and said, hey, the vision of this church is not to have small groups in this church. And John Bevere's in his book said, well, surely you're speaking about everybody else except me, right? I mean, you're really not talking about me, right? Listen to me, listen to me. And uh, he said, yes, the vision of this church is not to have any, uh, any uh, small group. And, this, and John Bevere wrote in his book that he began to have a seed of offense because the, he felt injustice from the pastor because the pastor didn't give him what he wanted. Let me pause and say this. Unless I'm doing something immoral, what I may say, it may, you may have a different philosophy on it, but it doesn't give you a, a, a right to be offended. Now, if I say go buy me some crack and don't tell anybody, then, then you have to disobey. <laughs> But what I'm saying is we, we, we think we, we, we want to disobey the truth because we don't agree with something. Listen to me. He, this, this man, John Bevere, came and for nine months he would sit in the same church where people were getting blasted by the Holy Spirit and would receive nothing because he had a closed heaven over his life. Nine months later, the Holy Spirit says, you need to deal with it because you are offended and you're closed and your heart is being hardened and you're not receiving anything anymore. And you're blaming all these unspiritual people for the lack of revelation that's coming out of the pulpit, but you're really offended. And all of a sudden, he came to the, the, the pastor. And here's what I find. Most of the time when you're offended by somebody, most of the time they have no clue that they offended you. And so he sat down with this man, and I have about ten minutes, so I have to hurry and he sat down with his pastor in the pat, and he said, I want you to forgive me. And the pastor goes, for what? The senior pastor. And John says, you don't know this, but for the last six months, I've been critical of you, and I've been angry at you. And the pastor goes, why? He goes, I've let it fester in my heart because you promised me really quickly one time about something and then said no to the whole leadership. And he realized, then he says, I realized that I was in error because the Lord revealed to me that you had every right to say that, but I picked up an offense. Watch this. The he, he, he asked for forgiveness. He opened up his heart. He cried. There was restoration. The very next week, he went to the same church under the same roof, sat in the same chair, and all of heaven was open over his life. What changed? The building, the message, or his heart? His heart, it was a change. I remember years ago, I had a, 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 a disagreement with someone very close to me about something. And I went 
And I remember the Lord says, go to their house. So I went to the house, and uh, they were very close to me. And, and after I talked with them, they heard my side, and, and, and then and I heard their side. And we came to reconciliation. We hugged. We prayed for each other. We wept. And everything was good, and we cleared it up. As I was leaving that house, I heard the Holy Spirit say, this was so strong that I had pulled over. He said, son, miscommunication is the breeding ground for all kinds of offense. Think about what you're offended about. Nine times out of ten, not there's other areas that there's major misunderstanding and miscommunication with the person that you have dealt with and that have offense with. Miscommunication is the breeding ground for all kinds of offense. That's what he told me. We live in an age where we pick up offense for anything, especially on social media. Don't even get me started on social media. I mean, you get on Facebook, you get on Instagram, you can't say anything anymore without people getting offended. You can't even, th- I understand, uh, listen, as a man or woman of God, you need to be careful what you post up uh, on your social Instagram, uh, on your social uh, media. I'm not talking about that. We need to live holy. But what I'm saying is everyone's an expert now. They are expert in this. They all these have the opinions. And everyone's getting offended at everyone's opinions. What is happening? Let's grow up. Do you think, like, everyone has a doctorate degree or a psychology degree, that you're that offended by someone that has 10 followers saying don't even, you know who, who, who gets even offended more the, wor- the worst? Don't even get me started. Church people. Church people get offended the most about everything. About everything. They get more offended than worldly people. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. It's too loud in here. I'm going to leave this church. I don't like it. No one calls me. Uh, I'm going to leave this church. No one, no one visits me. It's too hot in here. I'm leave- it's too cold in here. It's too Spanish in here. It's too black in here. It's too white in here. It's too loud in here. I don't like the song selection. Pastor George goes long. The announcements are too long. They're sitting in my seat. They're sitting in my parking lot. And we pick up an offense for everything. Well, the sound's not right. The the worship is too long. And the announcements are too long. Grow up. I'm smiling at you. I need the worship team up here. Oh, this is so good. Listen to me. I have news for you. I have news for you. I want everyone to look at me. I have news for you. There will never be a perfect church. You know why? Because the church is not the building. It's you. We make up the church. And the last time I checked, there's no such thing as perfect people. So if you're looking for a perfect church, I have news for you. You will never find one. That's the good news. You will never find the perfect church because the perfect church is built up of imperfect people. You name me any ministry that you highly look up to. And if you dig a, 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 a telescope and you walked around for six months, you will find a flaw in their ministry. Because on television, they, they appear really good because they edit all the bad stuff out. But guess what? Every ministry has issues. Here's my, my challenge to you in the next five or seven minutes. Look at me. Offenses will come, but it's up to you and I to drop the offense. We need to say drop. The offense. We need to drop it like it's hot. <laughs> I'm not endorsing anybody here now, okay? I'm just saying we need to drop it. Say drop it. Say drop it. <laughs> All right. Not only does offense damage our relationship with other people, but it also damages our relationship with God. Hear me now. Are you getting free this morning? I want you to, to picture the, the seeds of offense that you've picked up in your lifetime. 
and let it go. I could sing that song, but I'm not. Let it go. It's not worth it. Offense is a trap that camouflages you to focus on your pain and it stops your progress. I lovingly say this to some of you. The reason some of you have not grown spiritually is because you're still in that trap that's been cl that closed on your heart seven years ago. Remove that trap. Forgive that person. Listen, forgiveness doesn't justify what they did. They can still be in Africa or in California or in Georgia and they're still bound. But it's you that's going to be relieved from that trap. Now watch this, sometimes the things that trips us up and offends us, it's not necessarily what God allows, watch this guys, it's what God doesn't allow or what God doesn't do that offends us. It's not sometimes what God allows, it's what he doesn't allow and what he doesn't do that offends us. You say, how Pastor George? I'll give you an example. For sake of time, John the Baptist was the one who baptized Jesus, Right? He, the Bible says, saw Jesus coming. He baptized Jesus, and he himself saw the Holy Spirit come like a dove, and he himself said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. So he knew, say he knew, that that was the Son of God. Well, you fast forward a couple months, and now John the, the Baptist is in prison because of the preaching of the gospel. Hear me. And so he's behind bars. Watch this, watch this. Sometimes we're offended by what God doesn't do. And he's behind bars and he tells his disciples, hey, go to Jesus and watch this, this is insane. Ask him if he's the one. Hmm. Or do we expect another? Now why would, why would John the Baptist do that? If he's the one who says, behold, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He's, he goes, hey, tell Tell Jesus, he's the one, or do you expect another? And so his disciples say, hey, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, he's in jail. You know that, right? He's your, uh, yeah. And um, he's asking if you're the one. And I love what Jesus did. He didn't say, I'm the one, go back. He goes, hey, tell him this, tell him this. Tell John that the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. The, listen, and the, the poor, the gospel is being preached to them and the, and the dead are being raised. Oh, and one more thing. Blessed is he who was not offended of me. Before the disciples went back to John and said, oh, there's one more thing. Tell them that the, line, the, blind, the blind is being healed, the deaf are being healed, the lepers being cleansed, and the gospel is being preached. But tell him also, blessed are those who are not offended by me. He said that because he wanted to address a kingdom principle that John, I know you have expected. Watch, I'm going to set you free here now. Because one of the main doorways to offense, I want you to write this down, is unspoken expectations and unmet expectations. Woo. What is unspoken expectations? Something that you expect someone to do for you without you communicating to them and they never agree to it. You just feel that you deserve something from God or deserve something from someone and you never speak it out. And because you have unspoken expectations in your marriage, that's why marriages fail, because you never talk about what you really want and what you really need. You're like, well, he should know that I don't like chocolates. He should know that I don't like that. He should know that I love flowers instead of whatever. And when you don't speak and you don't communicate, offense will bite you like a trap. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm closing in one minute here because my time is up. You have to understand, and I'm going to share one scripture, and then we're going to close. Are you ready? 
two main goals of offense, and then I'm going to pray for you. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Hear me now, hear me now. Two main goals of offense. Number one, the goal of offense, I'm, I'm done, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> They're telling me. Number one, number one is isolation and bitterness. The goal of offense is to isolate you. Say isolation. Now watch this. Here's the last one. I heard this from the Lord. I'm skipping a lot because of time. Watch this. The other goal of offense, I want you to write this down, is to uproot you from the spiritual place that you are planted in so that you will become unfruitful. Hear me what I just said. The second goal of offense, hear me now, is to uproot. Say uproot. Say uproot. Say uproot. Uproot you from the spiritual place that you're in and cause you to be uprooted so that you could be offended and not be fruitful. That's why many people leave churches because the enemy has succeeded into uprooting you. Watch this. Last scripture, Psalm 92. Put it up there, Zach. And I'm closing right now. And then we're going to pray. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.